there's something for each one of us to step into as a church. Y'all know what the church is, right? It's not a building. Church is not change. Change is just the way where we gather. Change is a, a, I don't know if you call it like a, a community, a family where we come together. But church is you. I am the church. You are the church. My kids, when they go to school, they are the church. So I know that there is something for you to step into that you have not yet stepped into. There is something so radical that God wants to bring you into. And I want to make sure we're ready. I know there are things that you cannot accomplish on your own that God is calling you to. There's a call so big that if you were to know all the details, you might back away and say, choose someone else. I know if God called us, I remember when God called us to Philly, but if he had given us the grand scheme of all that was going to happen in these last seven years, I might have, in my humanness, for a moment, said, Lord, choose someone else. Choose someone else. That is too big and too grand. That is too much. Too, too much for me to handle. But how many know that when God calls you, he equips you? And I want to talk today about how do we become the equipped church to step into what God is calling us to. Your next chapter, where, where God is calling you to step up, to step in, to go after. And we, we call this series Light Collectors because I believe that life is found in the light. You got to get that with me. Would you say it with me? Say, life is found in in the light. One more time. Say it all together. A life is found in the light. Without that truth, you will live your Christian faith frustrated. Because if you do not know that life is found in the light, you will find false lights to lean on. You will look for all the false lights of the earth. You will look for all the false illuminations that call themselves light, they call itself, but, but when you realize that Christ is the light, he empowers his church. And so as we begin, this is December, y'all. I can't believe we're in December. December 3rd. We're, as we pray and as you pray over this next year and what God is calling you to do in 2024, what God's calling you as a couple, God's calling you as a family, God's calling you as a student, God's calling you as a business owner. What is God calling you to do to step into, and I believe it's so great, it's beyond you, but the Lord wants to empower, and he wants you to accomplish those things. How many believe that? God's calling you, but he doesn't just want to call you to inspire you. He wants to call you to get things accomplished, and he wants to do it through your life. He wants to do it in us. But there's something you need to carry in order to step into this, the unknown lands. There's territories you haven't had dominion over yet that God's calling you to go claim. There's a land you have not yet been to that the Lord wants you to own. Not just visit. We took a trip and we visited the West Coast. God loved the West Coast. I love my East Coast. 
I love to visit the West Coast. I don't want to live there. The pace is different, all the things. I believe that, that God is calling you to go own a territory that maybe you've never been to, that you can walk in confidently. So I want to talk today about how do we possess the light? How do we collect the light? I believe that God is calling us to, to live in step with his words over our life. So I want to turn to John chapter 1. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse number 4. We're going to be reading 4 and 5. How many are ready for this next year? Are, are you anticipating? You see, we've been praying over this year, and I believe this is a, a year of revival. A word of revival has been spoken over this city. Just a word of refreshing. You know what revival is, right? Something dead coming to life. I believe the, the Lord is going to revive some things in us. I believe he's going to revive some things in you. He's going to revive some dreams that died. He's going to revive some faith that maybe you lost. Maybe you've grown cold in your faith. And you've just been living through the motions. And if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But the Lord wants to sustain you to rise above the emotions of faith to where you stand on a solid ground. Are you ready? John chapter 1, verse number 4 says this. In him, come on, help me out. Just say the first two words with me. In him. Those are the most powerful words we can understand and capture. Is in him. Take the pressure off yourself. It is not in you. It is not in Elijah Hollis to get this thing done. It's not in you. It's not in your spouse. It's not in how much money you have in the bank. It's not how, much, how qualified you are. It starts out by saying, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. I love this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not what? Overcome it. The darkness has not overcome the light. He's saying this. Break it down for you. You got a daddy in heaven who has all the life in him. Now that life that he has, he gives to us as light. And that light overtakes the darkness. Now what is the darkness? Anything that is against the light. I love when, when God spoke the creation into existence, he never spoke darkness into existence. He didn't have to. Darkness is nothing. Darkness is uh, the absence of everything, right, is darkness. When he spoke, he brought life into darkness. In other words, when he comes into your life, he speaks life into your, your lungs. When Jesus comes in, it's not to capture you and say, now you are religious, now do this. Now be religious and do the religious things. You can't do that. Beep, beep, beep. Warning, warning. Can't send. Don't send. Don't send. No, we're not made to be robots. We're made to have the breath of life in us. <gasps> and finally, we are alive in Christ. This is what Jesus does to us. 
because life is found in the light. When Christ comes in, true life is able to be obtained. Now you can dream outside of this world. Now you can see vision beyond your circumstance. Now you have faith for things that are not yet. Because life is found in the light. It says in him. In him. We got to know about darkness because darkness is something that the enemy loves to play with. As a kid, I was freaked out of the dark. I mean, I... I had to have a night light on. I was that kid, you know. I had to have a night light on. Then when I got to the bathroom, it was full-on lights, you know. I didn't want to be in the house dark. Not where I wanted to be. I remember one time, my uncle took me hunting. And, I mean, when I was like 10 years old, he had a bow in my hands. My uncles were outdoorsmen. They hunted with bows and guns and all the things. So as soon as I got of age, they were like, here you go. Let's, let's shoot some things. Let's, let's shoot targets and all the stuff. So I remember he took me hunting, and we were, it was one of those ground hunts where you have, like, the blind and all. And so he got us all settled in the thing. We went early in the morning. It's, it's, like, pitch black outside. The sun's not up yet. It's, like, four in the morning, and we're walking out, and he has a little flashlight. He's shining around, and then we get set up. He gets me in my chair, and I got all the camo on and all the paint and everything, and I'm sitting there, and he's like, all right, now I need to go out to the tree and set some scent so that, you know, the deer will want to come by here. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, he leaves, and he takes the flashlight with him. Now, he doesn't know. I'm afraid of the dark. He takes the light, and I'm just stuck there in the woods in the pitch black, and Paul's God knows where, and all of a sudden now, I hear everything. Have you ever been there? We're in the woods at night, and all of a sudden, you hear every leaf, and every tree limb, and, every, and the wind blows, and you're like, goodness, what was that? Did you see, did you hear that? And all of a sudden, I hear, I heard it all. And in my mind, I, I saw a big grizzly bear there, and over here, oh, there's a massive buck getting wet, ready to like, you know, come at me. I heard it all. I didn't see anything, but I heard it all. How many know that's what the darkness does? It makes you so captivated with what's not really there. That's where the enemy wants to keep you. What was that? Did you hear that? Did you see that on Facebook? Did you see what, they, what, what they're saying about the economy? Did, did you see what's happening in our world? They want you so caught up in the darkness, the things that aren't really there. Well, what if you step out and you fail? It's the things of the dark. And the Word of God says, I am the light. And when I come in, when you are in me, when you plug into my power, in me is life. I give you light, and you walk in that light. My uncle took a while to take me out hunting again because when he had left and I started hearing the bear and I started hearing the grizzly and the, 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 the buck coming at me, I just, I, I screamed at the top of my lungs, oh! He's like, shh! You know, because once you yell, you're done. You're, you're caught. Like all the deer know where you are, you know? I'm like, Paul! He's like, shh! Paul, I can't see you! All of a sudden you see the flashlight running back to me, you know? <laughs> 
He's like, I'm right here. I'm just doing the set. I'm like, okay. But it was one of those things where I was so caught up in what wasn't there. And I think that's how some of us live is we're so caught up in the what ifs. What if I step out and God doesn't show up? What if I give and I don't have enough for my bills? What if I, what if I obey God and tithe and God doesn't show up and bless my finances? What if I step out and serve and I don't have enough time to get everything done and now I get to the end of my week and I don't have all my checklist done? What if? What if I love that person and they hurt me? What if I actually trust that church and they let me down? And I understand things happen to us that cause those fears to be more real than anyone could ever admit to. I get it. There's things that happen in our stories that are hard to move past. I've had things happen in my life where I've had to get over the barrier of trusting people again. I've had things hurt me bad. Where I've had to step in and say, God, I need your help to trust individuals in my life again. I get it. Things happen. But he's saying, listen, if you will come to me, I in me is life. Are you ready for that life? To be breathed into your story. Yeah, I believe that when you step into something that God has called you to, he breathes into you what he's calling out of you. Here's what happens with light. When you understand that the enemy is uh, full of darkness and he's on the prowl at all times. The Bible says that he's constantly looking for those he can devour. He's like a lion looking for those he can devour. Who can he take off that place of faith? Who can he whisper in their ear and get them off track? Who can he tempt and get into that space of temptation and addiction? Who can, the enemy is nonstop. So when we as Christians, we stop light collecting, and when we just sit neutral and say, ah, it's good enough. Ah, the season's whatever. I'll get back to it after the season. You know the enemy can't wait for you to take that neutral ground. He's like, eh, it's all right. It's fine. He's like, whoo! gotcha i gotcha and that is something that you just need to be aware of is when we are king's kids we take ground we don't lose it when you're king's kid everything becomes worship to the king and taking dominion we walk into a, a room when we walk into a space we take dominion of that space we shine light because our father is the one who is light So here's what light does. Light number one replaces darkness. When we get closer to God, all of a sudden the light starts shining and showing us different parts of our life that need to get cleaned up. Many ask, hey, as the church, where do you stand on this? Uh, where do you stand on this? I tell you, hey, listen, Holy Spirit's a big boy. You come in here into the presence of God, you get close to him, and I promise you, you will feel so convicted of everything that gets you further away from him because of your relationship with him. I won't have to get up here and preach it. I won't have to get up here and convict you because the Lord is so good that when we get close in proximity with him, 
light starts to replace darkness. It starts to show us the places of our life that are dark, that can't allow him in. I remember during COVID, uh, when the pandemic was, was big, I was just seeking God. And, and it was more of a, of a selfish seeking at first. It was like, Lord, I need you. Lord, this is whatever. This isn't what we signed up for, and we're trying to navigate all the things of the church. But then it became a personal connection with God to where God started shining a light on some dark places in my life. I remember seeking him, and my prayer was always, when we'd go through something in our marriage, it was always, Lord, touch my wife and heal her. Heal her mental state. Heal her. She's wrong. And she's coming into these arguments. She's coming into these things in a wrong heart space. So, Lord, touch her. <laughs> I remember getting close to the Lord and the Holy Spirit just gently, just gently saying, Elijah, you're the issue. <laughs> Come again. He's like, you're selfish. It's all about you. It's all about you and what you want and you desire. And as long as Ashley's okay with what you desire, everything's good. But as soon as she wants something else, she's wrong. And all of a sudden, that light shone in my heart. Oh, I was broken. (laughs) I bawled like a baby came and apologized to my wife. I said, Ash, I'm sorry. I still get choked up. Ash, I'm sorry. And let me tell you, when you start to replace darkness with light, and you start to break down all the things that keep you away from God, you think right now, you might be in a state where you're like, God, you can have my life, don't touch that part. God, I'm good with you, If you don't touch that. Because, let's just call it what it is. You selfish. We all are, right? Come on, you can laugh about it. You selfish. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you selfish. (laughs) Aren't you so glad you came to church today? (laughs) You selfish. You're selfish. We all are. We're all selfish, right? God, call me. But if you call me to Africa, you got the wrong address. God, if you call me to sell all my stuff and move, you got the wrong person. I'll let that person know. I'll be your messenger. But dear Lord, don't call me out of my comfort zone. But when we surrender to the light, and he starts shining things on things that if another human being came to you and said that, you'd be like, get off. If someone would have come up to me, and I know I should be more holy than this, but if another man came up to me and said, bro, you selfish with your wife. I'd be like, back on up. We good. We're not good if you keep going. But we're good. You stay in your marriage, I'll stay in mine. <laughs> I know, I know. Some of you, y'all are judging me. Y'all are judging me right now. Pastor, how could you? How could you? But the Holy Spirit has a way of speaking to his kids in a way that we hear. And that's the beautiful thing about being light collectors, because when we find the light, we find life, and that light replaces darkness. Let me just encourage you. 
as you dive deep this December, as you go after the Lord with a hunger and a chase. I'm not talking about it just sitting on the sidelines and waiting on God. Oh, I'm hoping he shows up this year. No. You know which one of my kids finds me? The one that's looking for me. If Zion's just waiting in his room, and says, oh, I hope dad just comes by my room and comes to talk to me. Forget about it. Forget about it. I love my kids. I'm not going around looking for my kids. The beautiful thing is God is chasing us, but it's when we come aware and we come after and we realize he's right there waiting for us. So as you dive deep, I know the Lord's going to point out things in your life that maybe if I would preach a sermon, you'd get offended. Oh, you'd be like, how dare him? Who's he think he is talking about my issue? My thing I'm passionate about. Because I gave God everything, but he can't have this part. But as you dive deep into what the Lord wants to speak to you, encourage you, he's going to replace that dark spot. That addiction you've been holding on to, that habit that no one knows about, that secret sin. Oh, he's going to point it out. And he's such a beautiful in how he does it because he's such a gentleman that he causes us to choose him. He'll never force you. That's the beautiful thing about this season. We're in the season of grace where the Lord gives us option to follow him. Option to seek him. Ah, how many want to replace that darkness? The second thing that happens is light reveals destiny. Light reveals destiny. Paths are exposed and able to be walked on and followed through on when light comes in. I think when I was a kid, we used to go outside and we used to um, get fireflies. Y'all, anybody else grow out in the country? <laughs> or you went to the country to do this? I don't know, do fireflies exist in the city? Okay, I'm sorry. I spoke too soon. I have not yet seen them, but I, my experience does not stop the experience of the city. So, we used to go out and catch fireflies, and then we'd stick them in a jar, right? And then you, at the end of the night, when you have all the fireflies, now you have a natural nightlight. Now, hopefully, you poked holes and let the little bugs. Some of you are like, how dare you? Bug killer. Be in a natural light. And I, I picture this is what we do with our, our faith, is that we when we start to get light, we start to reveal destiny. We start to be able to see even when the earth gets dark. Isaiah said it like this. He said, see, darkness covers the earth, but my glory appears over you. And the glory of the Lord is so beautiful. We'll dive into that in just a bit. January 28, 2021. I remember that when I was praying over the future of this church, as we were at all the venues, and then we were in our house, and we were virtual, and all the things, I was praying, God, what do you want? I had gone through all the steps and stages of, Lord, I think this is what you're calling. This, it's a different vision, isn't it? It doesn't look like what you called me to, so it must be something new. It must be something that I can't yet see. And yet God was, was starting to stir something in my heart. And I remember January 28, 2021, I had to look it up, because I was like, when was that date? is the date that the Lord showed me a warehouse full of people with revival breaking out, coming into the city from that space. Now, you need to know that at that time, there was no warehouse on the horizon. The story factory wasn't a thing. 
In fact, we were looking at office spaces that were 3,000 square feet. We had to get somewhere, and with the budget and all, we were like, well, that's going to do it. We'll just get a box, and we'll turn it around. We'll do church. We'll turn it around. We'll do uh, our, our projects. We'll turn it around. We'll do video shoots. We'll turn it around. We'll do youth. We'll turn it around. We'll do service with our outreach. We'll just use it, just that box. And yet God had showed us a vision of a warehouse. Now, I don't need to tell you the end of the story. You're sitting in the warehouse. But when you get desperate before God, when the light comes in, when you start collecting the light, the life of your destiny starts to be revealed and exposed. I'm telling somebody today because you might be sitting in the dark place looking for what God can do. And you can't see it yet. You can't see the path. You can't see the full picture. You can't see what's on the other side. I've been there where you're praying prayers like, God, if there's any way, do it. If there's any way you can show me a glimpse, please, so I can take another step. But when you get close to the light, he starts to expose and reveal destiny. And you start to see what is the next step. He's speaking a word of revival over this church and over this city. And I guess my question is, are we ready if revival broke out in our homes? Are you set up for the light to come in and reveal destiny to your home? Are you ready for that? Are you ready for God to call you out of your comfort zone? What if all of a sudden you felt a calling to hit the streets and evangelize? What if all of a sudden God started putting people on your heart to start inviting and loving and pouring into? Maybe people that could never say thank you. A life calling. This is what happens when we're in the light is God starts to reveal where we are to invest I encourage you this season to go deeper go deeper go deeper we have resources we have a resource center up here with books and things to go deeper in your faith we have a card back there with the soap method uh, i think it's up there too but it's a soap method of not just reading the word but diving deeper and i want to encourage you to not just read scripture but to study like when something's pointed out to you and you're like god that's speaking to me right now go deeper look up what it means Go deeper in what, what is the Lord trying to show you? Let's be good stewards of what God is revealing. Let's be good stewards. I have, in my declaration, one of them is, I am dedicated to study what the Lord is speaking to my home. You know what this looks like? This looks like going back to past journals and looking and saying, God said this, this date. And then God spoke this January 28th, 2021. And then here's an opportunity where we're stepping inside of a warehouse that's way too big for what we need right now. But I remember January 28, 2021, when God spoke that into our spirits. So I got to go back. I got to be a good steward of what God spoke to me. If I don't remember that, I won't have faith for this. Ah, y'all can't hear me, can you? There's a word that God spoke over you that you can't see yet. And you're about to be faced with something that's way too big for you to handle. And you might just back off if you don't go back and listen and overhear and listen to it again. God, I remember what you spoke. Man, I remember what you're speaking. I remember what you said over my kids. Uh, so many times I'm reminded 
of what the Lord spoke over Zion when I was holding him in my arms as a baby. And now, as a 12-year-old who's going into the world, he's, he's doing sports and all the things, facing all the things that a preteen could face, all the conversations. And when I start to fear, say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to father him through this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to be that good dad that, that gives him life and all. I go back to the word that was spoken over, and I, I remember, Lord, you called me for this. You made me a father to him. You created me so that I could speak life. And some of you are in that same boat where you're walking to somewhere you feel like, oh, I don't even know if I can handle this. It's way too big for me. It's way too big for my pedigree and what I know and what I've experienced. But can I tell you that the God of light gives life to the vision. Last thing is light reignites passion. Light reignites passion. You say, oh, I don't have energy for my calling. It's just too hard. Can I tell you, man, when you give it to the Holy Spirit and He ignites you, He fills your tank to the brim. It's hard. I mean, sometimes we have a lot too much on our plates as Americans, don't we? We just fill it. We all have side hustles. <laughs> it's like crazy. It's things that we believe in and we're pouring into I tell everybody this, marriage, building a business, raising kids, going after a career, whatever it is, if you don't know what you're building, you'll quit midway, I promise you. If you don't know the end goal of what you're building, quit now, get out and do something easy. But if you can see what the Lord wants you to go after, you see, we're after city transformation, I'm not after building a church. That's the beautiful thing that we get to do together. But this isn't the end goal. The end goal is creating a community that is investing in and transforming a city so that they know the love of Christ. That's the end goal. And I want to ask you this. Are you ready for his fire to ignite you, to go after and to drive you to find the light on a different level? But you got to get some right declarations over your life. you got to become a light collector. you got to be one that finds the light, what God is speaking. Whoop. Ah, the light. And put it in. Because this is how we do it. Isaiah chapter 60, uh, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Really quick, I know I'm running out of time here. Glory. Glory is found 606 times in our English Bibles. 376 times in the Old Testament, 230 times in the New Testament. The word is obviously used a lot. It is a noun more than the verb. And, and uh, unquestionably, glory is an important word. Now, we have to know what glory is. One of the meanings, because there's a lot of it, but I just want to break down one of the meanings that I think is very important to our study here today. Glory is the manifest presence of God. Often displayed in dazzling magnificence, in his character, his attributes, expressed in his weight, and the inestimable worth revealed in his creation. Glory is the manifest presence of God. I have to pause here for a minute. Because sometimes we settle 
for the leftovers of the manifest presence of God. And what I mean by this is this. When you meet someone who's in the throne room with God, how many know somebody that you know they were with God? They didn't just do devotions to read the word, but you're like, they were with God. I remember many, many people in my life, when I would meet them, there's something different about them. They glowed. And the only way I can express it is like Moses in the Bible. When he'd go meet with God, he'd come out radiant, and he'd have to cover his face because the glory of God was on him. And everybody that was with him felt the presence of God. What I'm saying is this. Sometimes we settle for the leftovers of someone else's manifest glory. And I'm telling you today that no matter what darkness is around you, no matter what is speaking over you, the Lord is calling you into a space where his glory appears over you. A light collector. One that's going after his presence. One that's going after him. And that manifest presence, when it comes into our houses, it changes things. It changes the way I love my wife. It changes the way I raise my kids. It changes the way I meet with you. It changes the way I have relationship with my friends. I have relationship with those that I encounter and meet. It, it changes the way that I serve people. Because I don't come in thinking of myself when I'm with God. Because when God's manifest presence comes into your life, it changes everything. It starts to burn fires in you that you never knew you had. And all of a sudden, you're loving and serving and giving more than you ever have, and you're happy about it. You're giving more time than you've ever given, and you're happy to show up. You're giving more money. You're making it rain for kingdom of God purposes, and you're so happy about it. Alex, keep quiet. Maybe, maybe because you're not making it rain yet. Let me tell you, when you step into obedience, we just got out of inheritance, the, the series, where obedience creates overflow. And if, if you've stepped into that obedience, you know what overflow feels like. You get it. And when you step into this manifest glory of God in your life, where you're not just after a religion, you're not just after something routine in your life. And I understand that's where it starts for a lot of us. We got to get a routine of church. We got to get a routine of community. Got to get a routine of Bible reading. I get that. It starts there, but it can't end there. Can't end there. No marriage is built on routine. Maybe that's how it starts. Hey, we're going to make a date night. Hey, we're going to talk this much about the week. Hey, we're going to da 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 da. Can you imagine if it stayed there? Romance would be. In a relationship with God, it's not something that we treat like, all right, God, you got my Sunday. All right, God, you got this, this amount of money. All right, God, you're, you're taking this amount of my time and talent. No, it's a relationship. And when you're in a relationship with someone, you can't wait to give them everything. My wife asked me to do anything. Guess what? Dropping whatever I'm doing, and I'm after her. You better believe it. She calls me, texts me, beat me. If you want to reach me, Kim Possible, I'm there, baby. She's my number one. She's my relationship. I have invested in her. I love her. And I want to do anything to make her happy. And when you get with God, his manifest glory comes on you. You have that perspective where you're like, God, what do you want? God, what do you need? I want to make you happy. And your worship isn't worship of God, give me, give me, give me, give me. It's Lord, oh, can I minister to your heart because you've done so much. 
God, I minister to your heart because you are good. And I've been with you. And I've felt your manifest presence. And God, when I get with you, you give me life. When you become a light collector, he ignites passion in you again. And some of you in this room, I've come this morning for one purpose and one purpose only. To reignite that fire in you. It's gone out, it's cold, and God wants to reignite it. He wants to get you excited about chasing him again. He wants you to get excited about getting up out of bed in the morning. Come on, somebody. Somebody's been pushing the snooze button, and God wants you to wake up and get out of bed. God's calling you, saying, come into my chamber. Come on, let me love on you. Let me give you what you need. Let me empower you. Let me reignite your passion. Let me give you fire in your bones, like Jeremiah said. So much fire that you've got to say something. So much fire that you've got to love somebody. So much fire you can't make, wait to make it rain. Man, you're bringing in all the toys. She's like, how many kids can I bless? Because my father's got an agenda, and his agenda is to bless this community. Come on, my father's got an agenda. It's to love the unlovely. It's to give to those that have been neglected and abandoned. It's to be there for those that have been hurt by the church. You know how many people walk through this door that have been hurt by the church? Way too many. You know how hard it is to lead people who have been hurt by the church? It ain't easy. Why? I'm the enemy. When you come in and you serve and you say, I'm a pastor, you know how many people go, oh. <laughs> I have a cousin, second cousin, dog, friend that goes to church. I try to make the conversation weird and religion. I'm like, But when you love, and you start collecting that light. When God speaks something to you, and you start collecting, you get it in your heart. We don't treat words just like, that was a good word. Thanks, God. All right, that's going to be good. Oh, that was a really good devotion I had today. All right, it's going to be good. No, light collectors, they say, Lord, whoo, you spoke that to me. All right, I'm going to keep it in my heart. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to ponder on it. Oh, there's another one. All right, that's for my kids. I'm going to keep that close. I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to be a, a good steward of what you're speaking. Because when you're a good steward of what he's speaking, he can speak more. And he starts to manifest his presence on that word. The Bible says that no word out of his mouth doesn't produce fruit. And so what we have to understand is everything that comes from heaven is something that's waiting to produce fruit in you. And yet, sometimes we treat it like, ah, oh, that was good. Awesome. All right, moving on with my real life. Well, that was a good Sunday sermon, Pastor. Going to my real life now. Good job. Leave that at the church. Going to my real life. What you don't understand is when you collect light and you make it a part of your life, that light is what ignites everything you do in life. You're trying to make it happen on Monday. Make it happen on Wednesday. That's why you're so tired by Friday. I understand we all have crazy schedules. But man, when you get the fire of God in you, you're like, how much can I do? Because I got a word in me that's fire. I got something in me that's birthing something. I got revival coming out of my home because of what I'm collecting. All right, three things really quick. And then, Sean, you better start music. I'm going to preach all day. I told you I'm ready to preach today.
How do we become light collectors? This is so important, and I want to give this all to you. There's ways to dive deeper in December, but also, here's what I believe. When we prepare, when we prepare, here's the word that was spoken of 2024, torrent. So much outpouring of God's voice, a voice-activated revival. That's what's coming. But if we sit here and just like, oh, we'll just go through the season, and the Lord will do whatever you do, guess what? You're going to get the leftovers out of my home. You're going to get the leftovers of those who are plugged in. I want you to get it for yourself. I want you to have so much of God in you that you are so birthed in fire. Your dreams are ignited. Your love is ignited. All right, so here we go. Three things. Number one, create hunger. Create hunger. It has to start somewhere, and you must get hungry. Lorenzo will tell you this. If you're eating junk, it's going to be hard to start eating healthy. Am I right? (laughs) I was there. (laughs) I was eating crap. And all of a sudden, I've decided I want to get hungry for the right things. Now, can I tell you, it wasn't fun at first. It sucked. Until I found Be Well Fed. (laughs) And then it got easier. When you want to start getting hungry for the things of God, you got to get hungry. You got to create that hunger. You got to get up even when it's hard and get before the presence of the Lord. I understand. Breaking back in is the worst. I worked out on and off all my life. Breaking back in is the worst because your muscles don't remember anything. You feel like you're like floppy joppy again when you get back into it. Well, you got to get hungry for the things of God. You got to start eating the right things spiritually. Start getting the Word of God in you. Start listening to the right podcast. Start leaning into different books that build your faith. What are we doing? We're creating hunger for the right things. That way when junk comes by and it's fake and false words, we don't want it. There are times now, and stand before you as God is is my judge. There are times now where sweets come by and I say no. Now, if you would have known before I never say no to sweets, ever. I started every day with a Nutella latte. You know, I went three months without a Nutella latte. Just had one yesterday for the first time in three months, and I hated it. (laughs) I hated it. Oh, I I hated that I hated it, because I was like, I just have this memory, and I should have kept it a memory of my Nutella latte. But we have to create a hunger for the right things for godly things, for kingdom things. Number two, collect light. Do not let a word of God be spoken over you. Come to life on the page of your Bible. Something in a movie, something in a song that ignites something in you. Don't let it slip away. You capture that thing and you put it in. You collect that light because every form of light that you collect becomes life life to your calling, life to your dreams. Come ready to learn and apply. I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about every day. Come ready to sit before him. We did this series on meeting with the king because it's not just about devotions and reading your Bible and doing a religion thing. 
It's about sitting with the king and letting him speak over you. As a kid, I was super scared of just being in front of people and all the things. But the Lord spoke to me, you're a leader. And I was like, yeah, right. He's like, you're a leader. I was like, no. You're a leader. Okay, you're a leader. Phil, I was finally like, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. Why? Because my father spoke it over me. Some of you need to get before the Lord and let him speak over you. You are clean, my child. I love you, my child. You're a woman of faith. You're a man of God. You're a leader. Collect light. Collect it. And the last thing, multiply your light. Don't be letting everybody around you become your inner circle. You need to multiply your light by getting the right people to speak into your heart. And a lot of people who don't have standards. <laughs> and I don't mean that you have to cut yourself off from the world. I don't mean that at all. You should see all the places I go and people I hang out with. It's, I'm not just circle, bubble, Christian now. But I'm saying the people who, can, who have the right to speak into my life are very few. Not just everybody. I'm just like, oh, I'll hold on to your words. Okay. Yeah, your words too. No. No. I want to multiply my light. So I got to get those who are carrying light. If I don't see a jar in your hands and you're not carrying the word of God in you, guess what? You ain't speaking into my calling. You're not speaking into my heart. Uh-uh. Because your words are men words. Your words are flesh words. Your words are the earthly words. And they might be good, encouraging, and, and make us happy for a sec, but they're not God's words. See, when God speaks, it ignites passion. When God speaks, it lights the path. When God speaks, it creates more life in my bones. So I'm encouraging you, find the right people to surround you. And some of you, you have to chase it down. For a lot of you, you chased it down. You found the right people, found the right circle. I was here uh, when they had the change girl thing. They were doing the Christmas party movie thing. And they were sitting in a circle, and I was thinking, this is what it looks like to be surrounded by the right people. And not that they're perfect. People don't have to be perfect, but you better be collecting light. You better be collecting the fire. When we surround ourselves with those, all of a sudden, we're investing light into one another. We're like, you got it. You got it. You got Renald. You're one of my light givers. So I'm with Renald. I, I know him. I know I've been around him. Been around Pops for a little bit. And he speaks life. My father-in-law. The big life giver. Big life giver. He speaks life. And you need those people in your life that can speak life when it's dark. <laughs> My uncle running back with the light. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I got the light. You need those people that when you start hearing stuff, you're like, did you hear about that in the schools? Did you hear about that in the job market? Did you hear about that in the economy? You need the right people saying, no, we serve a God of the unshakable kingdom. His economy is not the world's economy. Come on, we serve a God who protects our kids, surrounds them, no weapon formed against them shall prevail. You need the right people speaking the right life over you and your destiny.
So as we prepare to, today, I want to just pray for fire to be ignited in our hearts. That as a church, we become light collectors. We become those who are chasing the manifest presence of God. And what I want to do today is I want to pray for that manifest presence in your life. Maybe some of you have never experienced God coming in. The glory is manifest presence with the weight of His glory. How many have ever felt the weight of His glory? It's okay, you don't. It's just, you felt the weight of His presence. Some of you have experienced that when you, when you come to the altar and you get prayed for, you feel the presence of God. People describe it differently. Some, some describe it as the electricity. You'll feel like a, like a, almost a vibration. Some people feel the warmth, the heat. A lot of times when we pray for healing and people get healed, they'll say, it got hot before it got healed. <laughs> and I can't explain it. There's not, there's not like a scientific or biblical thing to look back and say, well, this is why. But the presence of God feels different to everybody. But when you experience it, you can't go for false religion anymore. You can't settle. So I want to pray today that the Lord invites us into that space. And my prayer is that we say yes.